Support for Kings of Anglia is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. But why should you join the movement? I hear you ask. Well, Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, but you could be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. I've done it. I've had a lawnmower 2.0. I've had a lawnmower 3.0, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, and it's changed my life. No more nicks, no more little cuts, precision below the waist grooming. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they've just released, as I just said, the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Third generation trimmer featuring cutting edge ceramic blades, reducing all grooming accidents. You do not want to have grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean it's premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof. And that means you can groom in the shower. It's the perfect place to groom. No mess, no cleaning up. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. And here's one little tip from me. Combine those two things. Not only do you want to be trimming in the shower using the waterproof technology, you want to be trimming in the dark. Use your LED light, trim in the dark, trim in the shower for the perfect shave. They've also upgraded to 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. I will not shave with anything that does not have quiet stroke technology or at least 7,000 RPM. That's what you need. Won't forget the charging stand. That's USB dock. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is convenient charging dock powered by USB. You can take it anywhere. If you're listening to me speaking right now, I'm speaking with passion. I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free delivery with code KOA at manscaped.com and let's make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com. Use code KOA at the checkout. Your balls and I will thank you. Hello friends and welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast brought to you in association with Manscaped.com. I'm your host Mark Heath. We're with me on this fine Monday morning as the postseason really gets going. Two boys are going to be very, very busy indeed over the next few weeks. Andy Hutch Warren and the doctor Stuart Watson just having a little cough there. I'm going to go to you first then Hutchie. Hutchie, how are you? It was your first weekend off all season apart from the odd wedding here and there. Um, what did you do with it? I assume you had big plans this past this past weekend built a path there you go remove like the stones move like them to a, the front like a proper man you built a path where is the path at, at, at the back of your house at the front of your house no, at the side down the side of the garden um nice. remove removed old path dug old path filled with bark edged lawn went to B&Q cut hands nice Bought a twirl from the vending machine in B and Q, yeah, and uh, came home and put the bark down. So did you, did you do it all, all topless? All, just in a vest. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else I'd like to see in a vest is Stewie Watson. Stewie, what did you do with your first uh, your first blank weekend? It was your daughter's birthday, wasn't it? At the end of last week, so I'd imagine there were big celebrations this weekend. 
I too have just put a path down in my garden, which is slightly strange. You and two are just the same person, man. I didn't do it this weekend, but literally in the last couple of weeks I have done. I've gone for a purple slate, if you're asking, lined with uh, charcoal bricks. Nice. Uh, Knew you would. Yeah. Uh, I had a very nice weekend, thank you. Yeah, just seeing lots of family. Yeah, my daughter's just had her birthday, got a new bike, so we we're out on, out on that, just ensuring she didn't crash into any parked cars and learn how to use the brakes, all that good stuff. So, yeah, very nice. She's already riding the bike, is she? She's uh, she's proficient. No, the stabilizers are still on. Okay, all right, fair enough. Good times, good times, boys. Did you feel a, a twinge at three pm Saturday when you didn't have an Ipswich Town nil nil to report on? No. <laughs> Excellent. Let's talk football then, boys. Um, we had I did throw to this show last week as potentially being a season review, um, but things have moved on so quickly and the season was so poor that I reckon we should just forget about last season, pretend it didn't happen, um, and move on. And, and what I want to do today, in the spirit of peek behind the curtain and, and a look behind the scenes as we try and give you on, on Kings of Anglia, is talk about what is going to be the big issue of the summer, which is transfers. We know Paul Cook wants to pretty much blow up the squad and bring in a bunch of, of new players. Um, so it's going to be a summer like no other in terms of transfer rumours, links, gossip, all that sort of stuff, um, which is frankly a nightmare for uh, for journalists like us who try and um, have a modicum of, uh, of insight into what is actually happening and bring you reliable news. Um, so I want to talk a little bit around that. But first of all, I want to talk with the, the first solid link of the summer, Stuart, which you broke yesterday. Ipswich Town linked to a new centre-back. We know Luke Chambers is gone. They've been linked to Luton Town skipper Sonny Bradley, who looks for all the world like he could be Luke Chambers' brother. Statuesque, covered in tattoos, facial hair, kind of cropped haircut. Um, but other than the way he looks, boys, what do we make of this link, Stewie? Well, yeah, I'm hesitant to call it a link because we've done it as our own story. So um, I guess a link would suggest that somebody else has done it. This is our own story. This has come from um, one of our good sources, um, led to believe there is a very, very good chance that Ipswich are going to sign him. Um, which would be a real coup. Someone who's played a key role in Luton winning the League One title three years ago. He's been a regular in the championship for them the last couple of seasons as Luton have done superbly to establish themselves in, in the second tier. They finished 19th at the first time of asking. They've just finished 12th and he's their captain. So to persuade somebody at 29 in the prime of your career as a centre-back, uh, captaining the side from the level above, if... Ipswich can get this over the line. Um, that that would be a real statement of intent. I spoke about in the last pod that we did that that's the sort of standard of player that Ipswich are going to be looking for this summer. So um, if they can get that done and early, I think that lays down a real marker and might just help persuade more players of that calibre to follow. Hmm. What do we know about him as a player, Hutchie? As I said, he, he's six foot five, centre half, covered in tattoos. You think he's going to be a bit of a bruiser? Is that correct? Well, he's a bit, yeah, he's a big boy, but he can he can play a little bit as well. He's left sided, mm. which is um, which is always always a plus, but harder to come by. And he, he's just a solid, experienced centre half who's been playing at a higher level than Ipswich Town have for the last two seasons. And that, like Stu said, I think if you can get a deal like that done, um, particularly with with a, a player that's um, that's captained his club, it, it mm. does it does set a tone. Um, 
every chance you'd think if you're signing a player that has captained their previous club, but they'd be in the frame to captain the new club. Um, but I would expect there will be a number of players that arrive this summer that you look at and think they could be the captain, which would be a real difference to what we've kind of had previously, isn't it? Obviously, Luke Chambers was was the captain for a long time and, and rightly so. But but if he wasn't around, there weren't really many other many other candidates to step up and fill that void. So if you if you can sign a team of leaders, um, which in their own way, I think a lot of these signings are going to be this summer, um, you can you can create a real, real solid base there of, of which Sonny Bradley could well be could be the first block. Hmm. I didn't realise how well Luton did this season. You, you hear Luton Town Championship, you think towards the bottom bottom of the league, but they were they were mid table, weren't they? Twelfth, uh, a decent hmm. little record there. Um, Stewie, is he? A, you always hear this term now, a ball playing centre half. There always seems to be this urge to get ball playing centre halves. Is he one of those? Do Town need those? Can I be completely honest with you and say that I'm not going to sit here and lie and pretend to be a, <laughs> a complete expert on, on Sonny Bradley? I can only really scratch the surface in terms of what he's done with his career, the fact he's been captain, the fact he's been a regular at championship level. Mm. I can't say I've seen hours and hours of footage of Sonny Bradley. I'd be lying if, if, I, if I did. Uh, he's a left footer, as Andy says, and uh, I think that's something Ipswich have missed, that balance at, at centre-half. I think that's sometimes overlooked. You look back, Ipswich had left footers in, in Christoph Berra, Tommy Smith. I think they've, they've lacked that balance. They, everyone's looking for, for a good lefty at centre-half. They're, they're, they're gold dust. Um, so uh, I can't really tell you loads more than that, to be honest, is... Um, there was talk that maybe I think Luton fans were expecting if he did go, that he might go further up north. He's from Hull um, originally. His father sadly passed away from COVID over the last year. And there was a there was a thought that he might go back up north, even to Hull. Preston were another club that have, that have been interested. There was talk about them trying to get him on a, on a cut price deal back in, in January. So that's the sort of level of clubs that... Um, We'll probably be having a look at Sonny Bradley. Um, I guess Ipswich's pitch will be the fact that A, there's some serious ambition here at the club. B, you might be able to say, come here and you get the captain's armband. Um, C, there's a little bit of money behind them as well. Yes, there's going to be restrictions with the um, the salary cost management protocol. Nailed it. Um, but there is, I believe at League One level, there are ways and means to, to get around that that is slightly easier than perhaps once you get to, to the championship in terms of how the new owners can kind of in, inject money. Um, so it's one that I'm sure Luton fans have raised a few eyebrows at and thought, you know, why on earth would he drop down to, to Ipswich? But um, it's not impossible. And uh, if Ipswich can do that, as I say, it, it hopefully sets... Uh, sets a chain of events going where, where more players of a similar calibre follow. It's not just the current season, is it? it it's it's selling a vision, I guess. It, like, yes, you're trying to convince players to drop down to League One um, for a season. But if you're, if, you're, if you're selling these players a vision of, yes, you are coming to League One, we're, we're trying to win League One this season and then have a real go at the Championship, you'll be 30 by the time you get back to the Championship um, in a team that's going to have a real, real go at it. I imagine that's going to be the sell, not not just come and 
come and earn good money in League One. It's it's going to be what what can follow after that, which may include contract increase clauses, promotion yeah. clauses, he, all sorts. He's not going to be earning ridiculous money at, at Luton in the Championship. We're in a we're in a coronavirus uh, market that is really going to deflate wages across the board. So if somebody like Ipswich comes along and can, I think we'll be able to kind of now with the new ownership be able to kind of get close to matching what, what others could offer at the championship. Certainly we'll be able to match what Luton would, would have been able to offer as a renewal. Then players may be looking for the length of contract, I think, is is often more important or as important as the actual money on the table, the stability of a, OK, I can get a three-year deal here as opposed to a, a two-year deal elsewhere. Three-year deal with an option or something, you're starting to think that's that's a decent bit of job security for for myself and my family as well. So there'll there'll be lots of um, lots of different parts to to this sale that Ipswich have got. And um, as I say, from from the from the people that I've spoken to, I think Ipswich have got a real chance on this one. That's what was going to be my final question on this, Stewie. We're saying they're leading the chase. Do we know how advanced, how close they might be to a potential deal for Mister Bradley? Um, Mr. Bradley <laughs> leading the chase is a again that's a little bit I was very, picking your wording on things like that is is a is an interesting one for us when we do these stories that is as that is as hard as I wanted to take that intro at this mm. moment in time it was I was close to upgrading it to a to a sort of a Closing in on set to sign type type vibe, but I'm not quite there with the uh, with the information at the moment. So um, I'll leave it at the uh, leading the chase stage at the moment. I'm uh, I think as I keep saying, I think they've got a really good chance on this one. Is that is that the ranking leading the chase, step up, closing in on, then verge of signing? Is that the official official ranking? Yeah, probably. <laughs> right then, boys. Um, so that's good. That's exciting. Sexy stuff to kick the summer off. That's what we want. There's going to be a lot of sexy stuff this summer. But a lot of it, boys, is going to be shit. Going to be bollocks. Let's be honest. Um, I know you you boys have differing kind of levels of enthusiasm for transfer rumours stuff. Um, but I thought what it would be really good on today's show is to kind of offer an insight into how we approach all this transfer rumour stuff um, and our kind of uh, approach in terms of presenting it um, so people can have an idea maybe when they're seeing stuff that we're doing as to how how much to read into it um roscoe is not on today's show he's like a human google alert isn't he boys um in the in the koa podcast chat we're getting little updates all the time have you seen this have you seen that um and there's going to be more links than ever before this summer um i think it's fair to say first of all the majority of what you see in terms of transfer rumors isn't worth the virtual print paper that it that it's written on um Hutchie, you want to jump in there? Yeah. Can we can we just talk about EFL Hub first? Yeah. <laughs> can we just get that yeah. out of the way? Give them absolute a kick. Gar- absolute garbage. Um, yeah. It's either completely made up or recycled and repurposed versions of other things that have actually already been published. Um, it's EFL Hub is nonsense. And I just want to put that marker in the sand before we go any further on this there's also another garbage account which is something armstrong isn't it pretending yeah ross armstrong purporting to be an agent which is clearly a picture that if you just google 
man in man in office. Yes. And it just grabbed the first image that comes up on Google Images that looks a little bit like an agent. That's also complete garbage as well. So please stop coming to us with, have you seen this, if one of those pops up as well. But this is kind of the point, boys. In today's journalism environment, there's more fan-led content than ever before. And it's so much easier to start rumours. I mean, it really is an issue in terms of seeing the wood for the trees, isn't it, when you get to transfer rumours. Um, first of all, I'd say consider the source. Whenever you look at a rumour, Look at where it's come from. And if it's on Twitter, as, as Hutchie says, someone called EFL Hub or EFL Rumours or EFL Transfer Talk or anything like that, and they've got like four followers, it's bollocks. It's not worth would What I would <clears throat> say as well is you talked about sort of fan-generated stuff and social media. <clears throat> um, the world is a smaller place now. Um, fans can interact with, with players. Um virtually as well as physically and word does get about we're not saying that we are above anything else and there are lots of times where the reality is we hear the same rumors that everyone else does from time to time sometimes they're rubbish sometimes they are correct because player x tells their mate slash family member who then goes and tells some other people who are town fans and that circles around whatsapp groups and then it starts to to circulate on on social media um, that then becomes our job to kind of then do some proper fact checking on stuff like that. Sometimes quite rapidly, it becomes clear to us as was the case with the lots of players are being told they can leave the club. That becomes quite quickly apparent to us that there is actually something in this, but then it might take us a day or two or longer to properly verify stuff like that through a level of sources before we then go with it. And we hope that ultimately that hopefully we would, we're the first on the scene with stuff, but if we would rather be second and right than sort of that immediate rush to just write, I've seen this, chuck it out there and, and hope that it's right. We hope that when we do stuff, people go, okay, right. I'm on board with this now. If the, the Anglian boys have done this, then um, mm. And that's good enough for me. That I think that's how what we want, really, isn't it, Andy? Absolutely. Um, I think I think we take a fair amount of pride in, in in that. That that certainly from our point of view, that that feels really important to to not be necessarily be part of the the kind of the Twitter fun and games of just throwing things out that aren't necessarily the case. And full disclosure. I love transfer rumors. I absolutely love it. It's it's great. It, when I was younger and even now I love I love seeing all the transfer rumors thinking what if um on even on like teletext and cfax there was was it, <laughs> was, it was it number 4412 and yeah. 423 I was on there all the time. Um <clears throat> do you remember a club call back in the yeah. day where they get those teasing little lines just like this player might be moving here this summer. I never called it because my dad would have killed me, but I still absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, and I enjoy it all, but in in a professional sense, our job is to to verify these things and um, and and only present the ones that we think there might be an element of truth in, and that comes in different ways, doesn't it? Obviously, Stuart on on Sunday, you've published the Sonny Bradley story, which is a standalone in its own right story that we have done saying that we believe that Ipswich town are leading, leading the race or leading the chase. What were they, what were they doing on this either, occasion? Either, either or. Yeah. Um, 
so that's that's fine. That's a, a standalone story that we've done. We've done plenty of those in the past, but I think you're probably going to get onto this in a minute, Mark. We, I'm sure people will have seen. We badge plenty of things up as Ipswich Town transfer rumor as well, and um, I'm sure we're going to go into that a bit more now. But but those only appear if we think there's going to be an element of truth in there. Yeah. So there's two there's two approaches we take in terms of transfer stuff. Uh, number one like we did with Sonny Bradley, when you boys are confident something is solid and worth reporting, that's presented as a story in its own right. There's no transfer rumour attached to that. Um, so that is, that's the strongest of, of approaches we take. And the second approach is when we, we uh, present something with the prefix Ipswich Town Transfer Rumour. Now that generally means it's come from a source we believe to be reputable. Um, so there could be something in it, but... We don't know or we, we can't stand up all the details um, sufficiently to present it as a solid, this is happening, this is the deal sort of story. So there's two different stories there. You've got Ipswich Town transfer rumours, slightly less dependable. And then obviously like the Sonny Bradley story, a story presented in we its un- own We light. understand. We, we understand. Believe. Exactly, exactly. Um, and in terms of reputable sources, boys, because this is, again, this is becoming more of an issue. I saw... A story this morning flashed up on my my Google alerts. Andre Dizel off to QPR in a swap move for Macaulay Bond. Uh, and then when you click on and try and establish the provenance of the story, it, it's written around a tweet from a fan group, um, which obviously is not exactly reliable. Um, so in, in terms of when we do the Ipswich Town transfer rumour story, do you want to just want to talk about what we consider to be reputable worthy of reporting transfer rumours because it changes all the time doesn't it actually we had a conversation um last week about various sites that we trust don't trust don't have any record in in getting things right it's also worth mentioning at this point of course a lot of these sites that spring up now um are young generally lads in their bedrooms trying to get head in in journalism mostly i'd say with no qualifications and they're ruthlessly targeted on on page views so they they have to write stories they think we'll get page views and transfer rumours is the easiest way to easy page views, dirty web hits, as we used to call it back in the day. Um, so, Hutch, you just want to talk a little bit about sources in terms of journalists and, and places these rumours come from that you, you, you are inclined to give more credence to? We're sat in our bedrooms, aren't we? Yeah, true. We're, like, <laughs> yeah, we're, all, we're, we're, all, all, we're all we're all sat in spare bedroom. bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, reputable it's just just people that have got a track record of being correct, and and that can be all kinds of different, all kinds of different areas. It could be um, it could be national, obviously national newspapers, other local newspapers, um, freelance journalists at various different who write on various different websites. Some of those websites in themselves have incredibly, credibly um, checkered kind of history of getting these right um mm. but there are certain journalists within them that 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 we know are more reputable than others and um as well it's not it's not to say that there's not there's not like Stu was kind of alluding to there there are there are people who are su- supporters of football clubs that 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 know things and have have track records of 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 knowing certain things um so it can, it can come from anywhere but it's just people with with a with a, a track record of getting things right, and that that's they're, they're the ones that kind of pique our our interest a little bit. It's it's um 
to sort of roll it right back, as Andy said about transfer rumours are exciting. That's what, as kids, that's what we all remember being excited about. Who's going to be this sexy new number nine who's going to come in and we can we can all convince ourselves for a few months they're going to score 30 goals and fire us to promotion. That is what football is all about. So it's still kind of transfer season still peaks our excitement and we're in a very mm. privileged position where we then get to do something about it and pick up the call the phone to people and and ask and do a bit of digging on it and that's quite a privileged position it's quite fun there is also the flip side of it where this level of noise surrounding football which is goes up and up and up in this digital world mm. can also be a little bit tiresome it's um quite hard to switch off from it it's 24 7 there is a lot of nonsense to, to wade through at times. Um, we're getting sent constant links from everybody. Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Right, okay, we've got to sort this one out. Because there's always the off chance, as we've said, that you know, you might know, be 99% sure this is another nonsense one. But there's always that chance that it could be could be correct. So we have to we have to do our, our checks on it as well. So um, a mixture of emotions at this time of year. We're off the hamster wheel of, of the games and the travel, and we can actually get stuck into a little bit more journalism and investigating, which is what we got into this for. Um, and this summer is, is going to be the busiest one we've had in a long, long time. Yeah. How much do agents get involved in this sort of stuff, boys, in terms of trying to put their, their clients' names in the mix? I mean, often you see stories where a player is linked with a number of clubs and you think, hmm, busy agent. Is that is that that's fair? Always, that's always an indicator when you see a player <clears throat> linked with, I would say, four plus clubs, four or mm. five clubs. That's always an indicator to me that that is that is an agent planting it out there um, to try and sort of get their client in in the news. So that everybody in football has got an agenda um, to a to a point, whether it's an agent trying to do the best for their client. Uh, the player themselves trying to get things us you know ultimately our agenda when people go oh all you guys are interested in is is selling papers and and getting web clicks yeah that's like saying all an in, all a football club is interested in is winning football matches and getting promotion of course it is but there is different just like the, for a football club there is different ways of winning matches there mm. is different you know you might there's long ball there's playing different styles of football there's different ways of of building your website and we like to think that our way of trying to do things uh cautiously um with a building a reputation over time that gets people to you know a proven track record that people come back to you because they think it means something that's the approach that we've taken perhaps the the longer term approach rather than the crash bang wallop just just chuck everything out there to get cheap and easy web clicks for that might work over a short period of time for some people but over the long run you you get found out and that's mm. we are andy and i are strong believers in doing things right and properly and it's the most heartwarming messages we get on twitter is when people go you know i believe it when you guys say it and you've become a bit of a trusted voice those are the things that give me the greatest pleasure in doing in this job and that takes a long time to build and it can get undone in an instant, just like that, you know. So mm. um, that's the that's the game for us. Mm. Yeah, you're right, Stu. I mean, obviously, ultimately, we do want to sell papers and, and get page views and, and increase all of that. But but within that, we want to be right and we want to feel like we're giving people accurate information that they can trust um, and, and not be 
taking the throwing mud at a wall approach. So you can sling loads of names at a, at a wall and maybe one of them signs and then you can claim, well, I was we got that first sort of thing. That's that's not what we're about. We want to give people reliable information. I is, like to think if people looked back through our, our record of stories when we've done the we understand stories, when we've taken it to that level of we believe, we understand. Mm. I don't think there are many, if any, that that haven't come to fruition. Andy had the James Norwood story incredibly early. Months. Summer, you know, yeah. months early to the point where the Tranmere, Tranmere fans were threatening to leg him. <laughs> if you remember, um, I tell you, that never, did you he never did. Uh, he never Park. did. No. They could be back in League One next season, though, So if they get through the playoffs. So um, there's, still, they, there's still a chance. The threat is back. We had the Kane Vincent Young one first. I think that was that was me who did that story. And there's there's plenty of others there. We're not always going to get all of them. No. Some of them do get kept very quiet, and the club take great pleasure in that when they you know when they finally just announce one on a day. And uh, I get it for the media boys there. It's quite nice for them to do some sort of a fancy video reveal, and they get that you know they can do the siren symbol 10 minutes to go and big announcement coming up and sometimes we're completely in the dark on those and that's that's nice for the club to, to keep things quiet and managers like to to keep things quiet as well but they they know the game they know what you know we've got our jobs to do as well mm. um there are times where we'll get wind of things and we'll speak to the club and um it will be a look we're in a we're in a battle with other clubs here and this isn't going to do us any favors and you know can we can we work out a situation where you know it's going to be announced in the next few hours or tomorrow um can we have a discussion about this um because the last thing we want to do is is be in a position where we we mess something up for the football club or potentially put a signing in doubt Mm. um because we want the best for the football club as well. It doesn't happen very often, I have to say that. And we've had some pretty frank conversations with the club sometimes to say, actually, we would rather not have this conversation with you because if it's in a position where we feel like we're put in an awkward position where we can't run information that we've got puts us in an awkward situation. So we're constantly having those those conversations with, with the football club. Um so there is a there is a fair amount of sort of politics behind the scene on on things like that, but ultimately, you know, we've got our jobs to do, and that is bringing correct information to people as quick as as possible. And that you know that that is our jobs. Just in the as I said, in the same way, the club has got to win football matches and do well. And hmm. on a whole, we we uh, we managed to we managed to tread that relationship quite nicely with a few little kinks mm. along the way don't we yeah i mean there's also clearly generally speaking in life now there's a huge problem with fake fake news in social media and stuff and it's amazing how stuff that starts on on social media quickly becomes accepted as fact there was one this this weekend wasn't there with with ipswich town have a 40 million pound war chest to spend this summer hutchie which isn't entirely uh accurate is it shall we say do you want to talk a little bit about that I don't think anybody really knows what their war chest is apart from, <laughs> the, apart from the apart from the people with the keys to the chest. Exactly. Um, there's a fair amount of screenshots going around from that, from a story from the Bristol post. Um, and I, I, I'd spoken to somebody from the Bristol post in week in the week prior about a few, um, a few bits and pieces. Obviously there's, there's a big link up between Bristol city and Ipswich town at the moment. So there's been some conversations there and, 
um, maybe that figure was discussed in that conversation and it suddenly becomes um, printed in an article and goes bigger than it than it really is. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever going to tell us what their transfer budget is for for the summer, apart from those people those people who are acutely involved in it. It'd be foolish, wouldn't it, to reveal your hands to say we've got this much money to spend because then everyone you're trying to get hold of, the price and the wages suddenly go up. Um, oh, I don't think want... you could. Sp- I don't think you could spend forty million in one summer in League One. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> think. I, I don't think that could possibly be. How much? So if that would, that would have to be, you'd have to have a turnover of close to what. 60% of your turnover you can spend on, on transfers and player wages and stuff. It's going to be huge, isn't it? Like you'd have to bring in so much money that probably you could sell every season ticket in Portman Road and not be able to cover that. It's, it's um, yeah. It would be an exciting summer. So um, just in summation, boys, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, but three, three levels of, of, of coverage from us. You see, we understand, which is the strongest level of coverage, definitely something in it the boys have done their digging they've worked the contacts this is something that is very credible i.e sonny bradley you get ipswich town transfer rumors which are from what we consider reputable sources which we haven't been able to stand up but there could well be something in it so you see the, the, the prefix ipswich town transfer rumors that's that and the final level is when we do nothing at all because we don't consider it to be from a reputable source or indeed that there is anything in it um, so if you see rumours out there and you're going to see them this summer that we don't touch, there's a reason for that. That's um, not to say we haven't looked into them, though. No. Um, that, that, you know, everything piques my interest. I, like I say, I love it. I wish I wish CFAX was still around. Do I'd you love it, that. though? Do you, I mean, it's different, isn't it? When, you, when you're a fan, it's brilliant because anything, any kind of link, you devour like a, like a prime rib steak don't you 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 want to you want to eat it you want to talk about it you want to think about it do you still have that same feeling as a journalist now Hutch? yeah you are, you are I'm, a football fan. I'm yeah. a football fan too i still like it still interests me of course it does it's that's that that interest that side of the game interests me more than the actual game i think in, in a lot of ways and i'm, I'm still a still a football fan and i'm not just talking about Ip, ipswich town rumors here i love all of it like I'm glad that I don't have to sift through all of it throughout mm. throughout the entire 92 clubs because um, that would be ridiculous. But um, yeah, I do. I do still enjoy it, and I still I still enjoy seeing seeing it all. It's um, yeah, it can get a bit tiring at sometimes, but it doesn't mean that it's it's a bad thing. I enjoy it. Yeah, I think sometimes there's this, this certainly within the shadowy figures of Archon, shall we say, the upper echelons that you think, um, well, the football season's over now, so what are you going to do this summer? I mean, what are you doing? Uh, and obviously, in reality, transfer rumours, etc., and the, the off-season stuff is, in many ways, keeps you busier than reporting on a team during the, during the season. Stuart, is there anything else you want to add to this um, transfer chat? It's difficult because, as I said in the previous one, we want to we want to give a peek behind the curtain, but we also don't want to show our entire hand. No. Um, the relationship with the club, which I touched upon there, is ultimately their job sometimes is to to keep things quiet or keep things out the press or downplay them. Our job is to to do our job. 
And so there's a little bit of, and, and these are open conversations that I have with, with the guys somehow in, ter- you know, in terms of how we do stuff. Um, I've kind of said, we, Andy and I have got to the stage sometimes where we think, do we even go to the club with stuff? Because they're going to try and tell us this is not the case or try and downplay it. And we know this is the case because we have spoken to Andy Go. I've spoken to five people. I've spoken to five people each. You know, we know this is correct. Is there any point going through the club? Because all they're going to do is try and plant a few seeds of doubt in your mind. And and so there is this little bit of to and fro. And it's a very open conversation where the club will say to us that I didn't tell you the full picture there because I didn't really want you fully in the picture. And um and it's the same from our point of view as well. So it's a little bit of a dance that goes on sometimes there. Um, the way things are worded in terms of a source close to the player or a source close to the club or a source close to the opposition club. that There's reasons behind that at times. Sometimes there's a bit of smoke and mirrors at play sometimes with things like that. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. All I can say... In, there's a hell of a lot more that goes into it than some people think. It's not just a case of you're naive if you think it's just a case of seeing something on Twitter, picking mm. up and run within it or asking one person and running with it. We, we do we do like to try and get layers of verification to, to stuff. Mm. Yeah, as an example of that in the summer, generally, um, I, I, whenever I'm trying to get hold of the boys, generally there's a message that comes back that says, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Now it could just be you don't want to speak to me, boys, which is perfectly understandable. But um, I'm taking it to mean that you're you're working the phones, you're on the contacts, all that sort of stuff. So there you go, um, Carrie Army. I hope you enjoyed that little peek behind the curtain into the uh, the whys and wherefores and the, and the workings of transfer rumours, gossip, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and hopefully that's given you a bit of a better insight as to where we stand with things, how we approach things, and how we present things, and and how much credence you can give to stuff that we present. Um, boys, that aside. Um, in terms of departures last week, obviously, there, there were a lot of them. And, and we, we heard from Cole Skews and Luke Chambers uh, before the weekend. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? I was, I was particularly interested with the Luke Chambers chat uh, and um, the quotes particularly about leaving. You know, there was a quote along the lines of, to be brutally honest, I didn't think I'd be leaving the club. Um, it was a very brief conversation. Could it have been handled differently? Perhaps. Did you? What did you make of that, Stewie? Um, they were quite sort of emotional interviews, mm. weren't they? You could tell that they were sort of holding back some of the emotions with, with both of them. That They seemed to me like two men that were still kind of digesting the fact that that it was an end of an era for both of them. And they were talked about maybe in the coming days, it would, it would really settle in some more. Um, both came across as the type of characters that we know they are, don't we? That, you know, that people who have cared deeply about the football club, that are, are polite helpful men that have tried to sort of settle everyone in around them and uh, respectful of all the various backroom members of, of the team as, as well. Um, you're right that the Chambers quotes about sort of being perhaps a little surprised that, you know, that it, the way it came to the end, could it have been handled differently? Maybe, he said. I think, you know, he's obviously um, being a little bit careful there, but sort of it was a very brief conversation at the end, which... You know, Andy said in one of the previous you know podcasts, we're talking very brief conversations with with some of these players. Cole said he'd known for a couple of weeks that he was going. 
obviously his situation was a little bit more black and white because of the injuries that he's had this year. Whereas it sounds from what Luke's saying that that decision maybe went down to the wire a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting, wasn't it? We've had Paul Cook saying in public that there would be a, there'd be a role here for, for Ipswich if, if he wanted it. And, uh, it sounds like he wanted it, um, and it and it also sounds like that may be changed. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly the uh, the ins and outs of how that's been dealt with over the last over the last week and and going into that Fleetwood game and things like that. But it it sounds from the way Luke was talking is that he was was hopeful of that of that being the case that there'd be a role for him at the club and that that ultimately ultimately changed. Could that ultimately have changed because they they. They were confident of ultimately getting Sonny Bradley. Does that? Yeah, I'm just just throwing that out there as a as a theory. Did did that deal get closer to being done, and they they suddenly thought differently? I don't know. Um, Luke also said in his Instagram message that there's only only half the story gets told in kind of classic Luke Chambers fashion, kind of leaving that that hanging out there. Um, whether we hear the other half in the future, I I don't know. I hope we will. Hmm. And just in in terms of other stuff that's happened, obviously Demolition Man, uh, what happened last week, the story you wrote and the podcast we did, uh, very much one of the, the most read and most listened to things we've ever done. And that's entirely on you boys with the strength of that story and getting that story. Uh, but you did something as a follow-up, Stewie, looking at Cook's approach at previous clubs. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because clearly this is quite extreme, but he's no stranger to to tearing things up and starting again, is he? No. Um, I have to admit that there's been some feedback from Wiggins fans on that one. It was kind of framed as sort of the, the history of the Paul Cook Carl. I'd kind of got it in my mind from looking back through his career and things I'd seen on social media that this wasn't the first time that Paul Cook has done this. Maybe, in hindsight, guilty of kind of crowbarring that into the current narrative of Ipswich. So I took that the article I'd written was was factual. It just looked back at the, the amount of changes he's had in each of the summer windows of, of his clubs. Um, and the main feedback was from Wigan's fans was to say that it wasn't quite as drastic um, as it looked from the outside looking in, that you know the, the core of the players that he went on to have success with were players that he inherited and players that he improved by changing the, the style of play to a more attacking style of play. So at Wigan... It sounds like it was more a case of evolution rather than than revolution. Um, so I have to maybe sort of be humble enough to backtrack a little bit on on that one to say that maybe I tried to sort of crowbar the the Wigan part of that into the narrative. But certainly at Chesterfield and at Portsmouth, um, changed a lot of players in in a very quick space of time. He's, he's clear that he's not been afraid to make big decisions in terms of letting letting players go. Um, before players that had made several appearances for a football club and then he's come in and very quickly moved them on and brought in his own people. We know he's got a background of bringing in his own trusted players of the past. Gary Roberts is, is clearly a, an example of that. So I'm sure looking at his career, will do the same at Ipswich and bring in at least one or two players that he's worked with in the past that he feels he can trust and rely on. Um, another takeaway I had from doing that piece was that it's also clear that he'll bring in players and if they haven't worked within a year or two, he's not afraid to move them on again quite quick. 
I've looked, you bring in 10 players, six of six or seven of them may be a massive success. And of the two or three that didn't really work, he'll move them on quite quickly mm. um, within literally two, one or two transfer windows later. So it's a man who's ready to be quite decisive, I think, in the, in the transfer market. So um, maybe not as drastic as I, as I first thought at Wigan, but certainly someone who has had a bit high turnover of players at, at all of his previous clubs. And we all know how that's that's panned out ultimately he's and gone on to win the title at both Chesterfield, Portsmouth and Wigan. Um, so it kind of calmed my nerves a little bit. There's a mixture of nerves and excitement, isn't there, about what's what's happening ahead with Ipswich and you kind of think, oh, this is this is very drastic. But he's done it before and he's done it well. That was kind mm. of my takeaway. And since we last spoke, actually, I, th- I think Cook's added some more faces to his coaching team, hasn't he? Francis Jeffers is involved and in the kit man from Wigan's over here as well. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's building. Still no assistant manager. I think it's quite notable yeah. that he's building up a, a team of a team of coaches. So you've got Gary Roberts, Francis Jeffords, and Ian Craney as a as as coaches. Um, mm. No assistant. Um, Jeffers has come from Everton. He was he was working with the under twenty threes there. Um, first senior coaching role. So similar similar boat to Gary Roberts. He albeit with a little bit more of a background and and the kit man um the kit man um he is a a badged football coach he isn't <laughs> yeah he, he so isn't flippant. yeah yeah he isn't like he isn't coming straight from the laundry room um to, <laughs> to 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 put on coaching sessions he's someone cook has known from the past and um and clearly clearly believes he's got um He's got something about him to add, to add to to the first team squad. It does interest me that there's no assistant as of yet, and still, still unsure who that who who that's going to be, or if they will even have a formal assistant manager. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily have to. Um, it 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 would be a maybe a surprise if somebody doesn't have that job title, but um, they don't have to have one. The, if you're adding another assistant manager to this, this is getting a, a rather large backroom staff, isn't it? You know, normally you've got an assistant, a first team coach, and not a lot else beyond that. Um, so that would start to become quite a big backroom team if you add too many more layers to this. They've still got to replace Jimmy Walker as goalkeeper coach. It'd be interesting to see what they do on the the fitness side of things with Jim Henry having, I guess, just quietly. Uh, faded from from the picture following his gardening leave up in Scotland slash consultancy, which was a bit ludicrous. So. <laughs> that was non that was nonsense, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It sure was. So, but yeah, four four Liverpudlians now um, in charge of things. It's uh, the Scousers invading Suffolk with the, all of all of them are from Liverpool. So, um, and you still got Toto for however long, and John Nolan in the squad and. So there's a fair few of them now down in Suffolk. Yeah, uh, on the on the sports side of things, Andy Rolls has come over as well, hasn't he, from Bristol? We talked about that before, and I think he's going to head up the the performance and sports science side of things. Um, I, I must apologise there, as I said that, um, I I forgot the gentleman's name, and all I could remember was he was the kit man at Wigan. So uh, I do apologise. He loves it. He loves it. It's, 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 it's Martin Craney, isn't it? Is that his name? Ian. Ian, sorry, <laughs> Martin. <laughs> Martin is the former former Southampton and Coventry. Defender, there um, we go. In, he's, in prob- he's probably getting to that age though. He's getting to that age probably where coaching is um is on the on the agenda. It's a different different spelling of Craney as well. But other than that, you were you were. I was on the Bob money. 
Yeah. Uh, Kieran Dyer. Was, was, sorry, mate. Carol? Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, just before we moved on from that, I think that some people have, have voiced fears that it's quite an inexperienced coaching setup. As Andy says, Francis Jeffers has been kind of assisting David Unsworth for Everton's under-23s, but has been doing a bit of coaching up at Everton for, for the last few years. Gary Roberts, we know, only just hung up his boots this season to to take on his first coaching role. He's, he's got to go off and rush to do all his badges over in Ireland this summer to, to get qualified. There, Ian Craney, we've discussed, is kind of the, the kit man converting back over to a coach, but hasn't got, he's 38 and hasn't got loads of coaching experience. So there might be some fears that Ipswich are a bit undercooked in terms of coaching experience beyond Paul Cook this season. And maybe people are a little bit more jittery about the non-inclusion of Liam Richardson because of the Paul Lambert story. There was a sense that Paul Lambert without Ian Culverhouse was, was an issue. People mm. have looked at sort of how his career has gone downhill since he's not been involved with Ian Culverhouse. And maybe people are kind of translating that now to potential for Cook without Richardson. The bottom line is we don't know how influential Richardson has been um, and we will find out. Um, so we, we shall see on that. Everyone everyone needs a, a chance at the start somehow, don't they? You know, Liam Richardson was somebody who was completely un untested and untried when Paul Cook turned to him so at some point somebody needs to uh, be given their first chance in the game and who's to say that Jeffers, Roberts, et al don't go on to become mastermind you know uh, master strokes in terms of appointments but we, sh- we shall see on that front. Hmm. I was going to say with, with Kieran Doyles who was involved in the first team setup towards the end of the season but um, even with the, the assistant manager's job open it looks like he's going to go back to the under 23s doesn't it Hutchie? It sounds that way, Stu. Um, I think Stu, you've put that in a piece recently, haven't you, Stu? That that's um, that's likely likely to be the case. Um, he'll have benefited if that is how what ends up happening. He'll have benefited hugely from the last couple of months. Um, I, I'd be sure that there would be some kind of some kind of open line of communication to the first team, though more so than what there has been in the past. He's not just going to suddenly disappear to. To, to back working with the young young players again, I think both he and the club as a whole will have benefited from what what he's brought um, over the last over the last couple of months. Mm. Okay, then, boys, that's um, coming up to fifty minutes on this pod. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we start to wrap things up? Uh, not today. No, I think there's going to be lots more to discuss going further ahead. We can delve into some of these these names. We've looked at the League One free agents list I think it's probably worth us doing one on the championships free agents list given the uh, the Bradley links so that's something I'm sort of delving into a little bit at the moment and uh, various other things we're working on probably worth teasing all our UEFA Cup stuff as well isn't it that uh, absolutely Stu don't you worry I was yeah. going to do that but I just wanted to, to see if uh, you had anything else you want to talk about so uh, watch this space um, in, in terms of this pod going forward we're going to do at least one a week during the summer and obviously when things um, start to get busy as we expect they're, they're them too and um, we'll look at doing more uh, plenty of little mini pods and in terms of stuff for you to go and enjoy now clearly it's 40 years ago this week since Ipswich Town won the UEFA Cup um, so the big porker has proved so popular in his cameo appearances on this show, Mike Bacon, that we gave him a couple of his own shows, spin-off shows, shall we say, um, where he spoke to Arnold Muren, first of all, uh, which is out there now for you to consume as a, as a pod and a video if you want to watch it. Uh, and then this Wednesday will be part two of that series when he's speaking to Franz Tyson. Um, I listened to the Muren one yesterday while I was uh, sorting out 
the garden at Heath Towers. And it's it's a really good listen. For someone like myself, who is obviously too young to remember that period, um, it, it was fascinating to to listen to Mike bringing alive a, a wonderful time, obviously, in Ipswich Town's football club history. And also he got some really nice stories out of Arnold uh, about going to fun fairs before games, um, going out drinking, the English culture, how he got Franz Tyson over here, um, how, he, how he teamed up with various members of the squad, how he worked well with Alan Brazil. Uh, it was tremendous stuff and, and really, really nice to listen to. So go back and, and listen to that. Game Day Extra Time Posse are going to take a little break. They'll be back under a new rebranded name later on in the summer. We still want to bring you as much fan content as we can, specifically, obviously, this summer with it going to be a, a seriously busy one. Um, so there you go. Uh, any other business, boys? Hutchie? No other business. Stewie? No other business. Excellent. All that leaves me to say then is follow us across all our social medias. Kings of Anger on YouTube. We're really pushing YouTube, so please do hit subscribe on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes because it helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts. And of course, I have to say, just a reminder, you can get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, not to be sniffed at, with free delivery at manscaped.com with the code KOA. Your balls will thank you. Make your nuts look the nuts. And we're set for, I read this morning, boys, 16 days of uh, of hot summer sun in June. So you want to get that summer bod out. You want it to be freshly plucked and trimmed. And you can do that with, with manscaped.com. That's it from us for this one. Look out for the, the Franz Tyson pod on Wednesday and go back into Honour of as well. Hope you have a great week. And we'll speak to you again when there's something to talk about. Crime to football, Brexit to football. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.